something you don't. Something you don't. Bring that shit in. Welcome to Digging in the Dome. I am Chris. He knows me as Balls. That is not Kevin. Uh, he is no. much more handsome. He's got more hair and he's <laughs> way funnier. This is actually uh, somebody that I consider to be a mentor of mine now uh, in the comedy world. He is a uh, comedian, but he's also a teacher. He is also a dad. Um, he is on multiple podcasts. I mean, this guy, I, I don't know when you have time to sleep, so I'm guessing that you probably don't. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't. Um, but I mean, he's been doing this since COVID, uh, doing comedy since COVID. And now you can see him uh, touring around the world. We're going to talk uh, about some of his dates coming up. But please give a warm digging in the dome welcome to Mr. Jay Yoder. Thank you for having me. So this is where applause. Yeah, so I'll probably just add that in post. Um, <laughs> they're going crazy. I can hear it. Yeah, though. they're they're nuts. Um, so, you know, you were your obviously your first love in um, in occupation. It was teaching, right? Is that what you? Let me back up. Did you start there, or did you have designs on something else? I want to be a ballerina. Oh no. well, I mean, you got the body for it. <laughs> no, baseball. Baseball <laughs> was my first love. That was probably the dream uh, uh -huh. for most of it until. I broke, I had a bad junior year. I broke my leg and had a couple uh, opportunities. I was going to do junior Olympics and stuff like that. Oh, and, man. Uh, but, you know, you get the path you're supposed to take. So right. it worked out really well. I focused on my studies then. Mm -hmm. I got to study abroad in Argentina. Her name was uh, Jill. No. <laughs> No, I did. I studied, I studied in Argentina for about six to eight weeks and uh, like a summer. We had an exchange program where because they're in the Southern Hemisphere, they right. came in our winter, uh -huh. uh, which was their summer and then vice versa. Vice versa, right. So I didn't miss any school. I just had extra school that year. Okay. Oh, great. Extra yeah, school. Extra I mean, school. it could be worse. I mean, you're going to a beautiful country and- And in and, and all honesty, like the it was a bilingual school we went to. So mm -hmm. in the morning we had like our intensive class mm -hmm. and then I basically shadowed my host brother, but his- his afternoon schedule was English class, like it was math and English because right. you know, it was a, a bilingual. So then after lunch, you would get a two hour lunch break to uh -huh. like go home, digest your food. Oh, so wow. I just wouldn't go back. I would it's just like go I said, I'm out here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I, you know, why well, I'm going to sit in English class and I, you know, there's no point. And yeah. it was my summer. So I was like, I'll go see a little bit of Argentina. So. It would be really embarrassing if you got a C in English. <laughs> yeah, right. I know, right? <laughs> like, that would be embarrassing. Like, well, you uh, know, that's what happens with kids who speak. Uh, who speak at home mm -hmm. and then they take uh, Spanish. Let's say they speak Spanish at home and then they come to school and take Spanish. Yeah. They usually don't do well because it's different. You learn how to speak it and you learn, you can listen and speak really well, but they don't know the grammatical structures. So, right. yeah. So it's interesting, but yeah. So uh, my first, yeah. So like, you know, I got really got into languages because I was meeting people. I wouldn't have other, and I love meeting people. I love talking to people. So then I was like, all right, I'm going to be a teacher. I think I, I kind of always knew. That's kind of what you wanted to I do. wanted to teach because if like I had information and you didn't, I mm -hmm. felt like obligated, like, yeah, you know, not, like I wanted like, to yeah, I wanted I to help. spread it. Like if, you know, yeah. if I'm higher up on the mountain, I want to reach back and pull you up. Too. That's, that's great. And I've noticed that about you too. Like just again, you know, just uh, someone who's been doing this for like literally a cup of coffee um, and being able to talk to somebody like you that's done it and done it successfully, you know, so what, so let's, we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about teaching, but I really do want to, you know, it's the, it, I swear to God, it is the goddamn hackiest podcast question I can ask a comedian, but I do it every time because Please. people will want to know 
why did you do it? Why did you get into comedy? Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, I think I always use humor just in my daily life. I moved a lot, mm-hmm. you know, broken home kind of stuff, moved a lot. Right. So I think it was always an easy way to either deflect and like make people laugh. It was an easy way to break the ice. Yeah. Uh, so I think that was naturally something I did just to socialize and make friends. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I always I did some acting younger. I did a lot of acting growing up, took some acting lessons, mm-hmm. acted in the college. Mm-hmm. And then um, and then, you know, I went I just was teaching and then something happened, maybe like 2014, 2015. We were doing a faculty talent show to raise money for like the honor society. OK. And so somebody said, hey, you should do your Matt Foley. I used to do this impression of Chris Farley right. okay. of living in a van down yes. by the river. <laughs> Yeah. So if we were at a happy hour, I'd break out into a little voice every once in a while and crack people up. And so I did it uh, for the kids at the talent show. And I'm like, they're not going to know this. This was like a million years ago. But, you know, we have this thing called YouTube. Yeah. So so then all of a sudden, if they didn't know it, then they they now went back and looked it up. It was just good in its own. I didn't forget just how funny it was just in itself. This concept of they found pot and these kids, so let's bring in this guy to motivate them. It's a ridiculous. Ends up crashing through a table. Yes, (laughs) and I did that, but I I bruised bruised, (laughs) bruised my ribs. I bruised, I had to go to urgent care because I I bruised my ribs uh, (laughs) because I overshot it. Like we had a table that was made of styrofoam and the legs were made of styrofoam they were cut a little bit to give. Right, so you can but, I, them, but I had so much adrenaline that I over jumped. Oh no. And I my mic pack was in my the breast pocket. Oh. And so it hit the thing and it just oh, lodged it, right it, in. It, it, it yep. hit you under your titty? Yeah. Oh, and oh. you could just see that it like I had a moment where I fell through and you could see in the tape that like I I think I lost consciousness for a nanosecond. No. Oh, and then no. I just popped up. Back up like, ah, and, by the river. And, and so I'm like, well, I popped up right in characters. It was like, whoops a daisy. Whoops a daisy. Uh, and, but you're but like, you, oh, God. But yeah, but then I, and I got through it. But in my last living in a van down by the river, you could hear my voice cracking a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. I was really struggling. So and then oh, that's I, rough. like, but they, everybody loved it. It went, they went insane for it. I actually started doing it for retirement. So one of the gym teachers. Oh, well, for people's retirement. Yeah. yeah. So one, okay, of the, so one of the gym teacher, when he retired, they asked him in the school newspaper, what was one of your favorite moments? And he's mm-hmm. like, oh, there's a ton, except that one time Jay Yoder did the Matt Foley. Uh, that was my favorite. So for his retirement dinner, uh, I rewrote it. Okay. Uh, I kept the same bones, but I rewrote it specific to him. Okay. Uh, so what was the, the premise around uh, the original skit, or I guess it was, one was of the motivating the kids to not, not do, to do drugs. drugs. Exactly. So, so this was you... motivating him uh, that retirement wasn't going to be all like, you know, yeah. you know, golf, you know, golf excursions and whatever. Right. And so it was, I did the same beats, uh-huh. but I started freestyling in stuff. And then I was like, I may not have a family who loves me. <laughs> And I started bringing in like some of the other, but then I would start doing accolades. I may not have been voted PA coach of the year. Uh, And so I was just, you know, basically motivating him. Right. Uh, And it was fun. Then I ended up doing it for a guidance counselor after that. And it Mm -hmm. became just this regular thing that you were doing. And it was like, that's when I veered off. And even though I had the structure of the skit, like that Bob Odenkirk had originally done. Yes. I was now trying to make it my own a little bit. Right. Sure. That was like the first thing. And then that was like, you know, and then, and then that was it. And then. But it is uh, a very different situation that you're talking about than getting on stage and actually telling jokes. I know like, so, because I know, at least from my perspective, and we were even talking about this a little bit yesterday, it tuned up when 
the you gave me really good feedback on on one of my one of my jokes and it was about not being so like so down on yourself like using mm. that as a a mechanism to to try to get a laugh yeah. and uh, uh and it was a very astute observation that you had because the the i, I can't it, it, he had a weird name like S- cyril 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 i think it was cyril cyril we'll call him cyril um Cyrus the virus from Con Air. That's who it was. <laughs> <laughs> it was uh, Cyril. And he said, no, I liked it. And he said, I like that. I guess he liked the self-deprecation part of it. And then you said, yeah, but remember, this is like his third time doing it. Yeah, he liked it because it made him feel comfortable. Like, it's okay. He to was nervous to go vulnerable. up there. Right. Yeah. But right. like an audience person who's sitting there, especially if there's someone like paying money to come see a comedian. Right. That'd be like me going to a doctor and be like, yeah, you know, I'm not really good at this whole doctor and thing. <laughs> and I'd be like, well, <laughs> maybe, like, oh, I don't think I'm going to. Like, uh, uh, maybe put the scalpel down. Yeah, yeah, uh, no, you know, and that's yes. uh, so I, I think it's in that vein that it's like, mm-hmm. and it's. We all do it. Don't get me wrong. We all do it. It was some, it's, you know, I, I did the same thing, but it's just, yeah, it's one of those things that it's like, oh, I can save that five seconds and fill it with something, something else. Or, yeah, something know. that's going to be actually maybe yeah. a little bit more appealing or, and not, not necessary to take take your, yourself down a peg. But it's so easy sometimes not. There's, you know, we all develop bad habits and whatever, sure. you know. Yeah. But yeah, that's, you know, so. So getting back to it, what, like, so now, then, you're, now you're, you're curving around. You've done this. Comedy. this My wife and I would, when we were dating, you mm-hmm. know, 16 years ago, mm-hmm. we would always go to comedy shows. Dane Cook, Jim Gaffigan. Uh, and even now when we would go to bed, we put on Pandora. Just, just comedy. And just watch comedy. And so our last date before the shutdown. For COVID, yeah. In February, Valentine's Day. Was at Soul Joel's inside when he was in when Royersford. he was in the building in actually Royersford, like kind he was of on the back. third floor. Yeah, yeah, in that building, and it was BYO. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we went and had a great time. And then you know March came, everything shut down. Mm-hmm. And then we it was very dark. Like in my house, it was just a rough time. It was a rough time for a lot of people, but sure, for sure, we were having a hard time. My mom was living us. We have two daughters. My one daughter is autistic, and so trying to like homeschool them. We're still doing our job. Keep everybody's spirits up. Yep. It was just you kind of feel the weight of it. We would have impractical jokers on the TV, like true TV. Like, yeah, we just had in the background all the time. Uh, and I was just like, oh, we're not laughing as much. And then Joel started putting up uh, Tuesday night. He started advertising open mic for Tuesday nights. And we had we had my mom at the house. So we yeah. had someone in our bubble. So we're like, oh, let's go down and get out of the house. We just went and watched for the first you know month or so. Yeah. And this must have been like November-ish, December-ish. Mm-hmm. And then finally, I that was would like, be, uh, was it 2020 or 2020? So that was 2020. Okay, November 2020. I got you. Okay. Yeah, because yeah, because it was Feb- the shutdown was March of 2020. So this was probably right. about November. Mm-hmm. Uh, we uh, started going to the open mics on Tuesday. We just watched, right? And then I and then I was like, oh, I th- I, and, you know, you watch all these people go up. There might have been 40 people that would come, right? And do four minutes. You'd be there for like three hours, but you right. had nothing else to do. So whatever. Why not? Yeah. Uh, so it was cool. And then I was like, I think I could do that. And she's like, prove it. And so then, oh, she ah, uh, she laid down the gauntlet. <laughs> Well, you know, like, just like this innocent thing, like, well, if you're going to yeah, do it. Do yeah. So I, I got three books off of Amazon mm-hmm. uh, and uh, I only read two of them. Uh, the one was the Comedy Bible. Mm-hmm. Another one was called Mastering Stand Up. Oh, OK. I never heard of that one. Who's, who uh, that? So that's by Stephen Rosenfield. Stephen Rosenfield. Uh, so out of New York yep. City. Oh, is that that's the guy that you, is that the guy that you work with now? So that's now. OK, I'm so I now, 
Look, I'm getting to the end. Spoiler alert. Sorry. Go ahead. So funny enough, <laughs> what I was going to say, like, funny enough, like, so that what had happened is I read the comedy Bible first because it had activities. Okay. So I was do doing, like, I was training like, like an activity. Exercise. Right. It had goals you had to do, things things for you to do, dates, like goals to set. Yeah. And I just kept following the rules. It was like, oh, set a goal. So my first goal was like 100 open mics in the first year. Okay. So I said, first year, do 100 open mics. That means you're serious. You can get to two a week mm-hmm. uh, and you'll be fine. I think I got to 100 within like eight months. Yeah. I'm, I'm like in the 60s or 70s now. I've yeah. Done so a lot. you can yeah. do, you can do. And then it was harder because it was just, there's still COVID. Yeah. So like. Right. So had, how did that work? Like, so we did, like because it was outside. So he was, so Joel's was outside. So right. that was going. Then uh, bar 13 on Wednesdays and. That's down uh, Delaware, right? In Delaware. They yep. had like a. Uh, a glass partition up, like a it felt like oh, a zoo like, animal, like fucking roadhouse. Like yeah. what the dude was playing behind the, the yeah. The, the, but instead of it being a fence, it was like just the. <laughs> it felt like you were a zoo animal. Um, <laughs> Stop and, laughing at me. And then uh, Gap uh, in, in Phoenixville mm-hmm. was opening up, and they had an upstairs, and you did it there, and you did you know you you wore masks until you went up or whatever. It was sure. like, um, and so those like were the, the three. Mic, maybe. Those were yeah. like the yeah exactly. Or you had the little condom. A lot of the places oh, had the condom put, things you just okay, put you just over put, the mic. Okay. Uh, so everybody got one to put over it. Yeah. You know, and so you did hate those condoms. things. Hate yeah. them. <laughs> yeah. Uh, never been a fan. Um, but yeah, so I did that. And then, uh, yeah. And then I just started like, at first it was like terror. Like, you know, you're just, you have all the bad. My bad habit was pacing. Like going. I would just pay. I would like, like my pace. I was too fast. Oh, you're pacing. pacing yeah, it was okay. too fast. I was, I was kind of like just, cause you're a singer songwriter for the first time. So like you're yeah. writing this joke and you're like oh do you think it's funny oh you don't think it's funny all right let me go get another one here you go and i didn't yeah. give anybody time to enjoy it digest it and laugh yeah and so that was my problem i was stepping on laughs or i wasn't given enough time for people for, to like laugh. to sink in for people and that's yeah. definitely that's something uh you guys all kind of taught me is and again i think it's pretty natural when you go up there you just want to like it's almost like yeah. you're trying to get it out yeah i need to get all of it out so that you hear all the things that i wrote and i, I did my best to remember everything and don't yeah. want to have to look at my notes but i'm not actually pacing the joke right i'm not letting it breathe i'm not letting you think about it to try to fit because if it's any kind of clever you may need a second be like yeah Ah, that's what you well, that's a, Yeah, that's a problem. And sometimes, and so then I realized, like, I would just, so I'm finding these, like, doing these exercises, whatever. I'm, one of the things is, hey, meet somebody, get a comedy buddy online. Uh-huh. Went to the Facebook page, found this woman. She was from Pittsburgh, but it was Pittsburgh, Kansas. Pittsburgh, Kansas? Yes. Oh, it was well. Pittsburgh, Kansas. So she had taken classes from the other guy that it was mastering standups. Apparently that I didn't realize that guy did classes. Okay. And so then she sent me a video of one of her class recordings mm-hmm. and he was like 300 bucks. So I was like, all right, I'll do it. And you got like, you got two 40 minute writing sessions with him. That's awesome. And then you got three group classes where you're building a five minute set. And then mm-hmm. at the end you do a virtual show. Okay. Uh, and so they used to do it at Gotham. Well, now that we do again, but mm-hmm. so I met him and I just kept getting feedback from people like, you know, like that guy had worked with Gaffigan and Lena Dunham and right. uh, Michelle Buteau right now is blowing up, had been a student of his. So, like, he's worked with all these people. He's been doing it since 1989 there. That's incredible. And uh, and he said to me one day, he's like, I don't know what you're trying to do with this, but he's like, I think I think the ceiling's as high as you want it to go. That's great. And I didn't. And it just caught me off guard. And I was like, oh, maybe this isn't just like Sunday softball. 
Right. You know, yeah, like when does it become? Like, because that's a when that's, is it? When you have is to it? Shift now into this is what my gig is. Could I? Could it be? And I didn't right. know what it was. And I just kind of, you know, I just treated it as such. And I just wanted to get better. And I would do a different four minutes every time, which I don't think is the best. In yeah, retrospect, I, I, yeah, I noticed you, that. Like when I started doing it too, I just like I'm, I'm right. I write like every day. Yeah. So yeah. like, which I, you want to do that? Um, and it is the funny thing too. Well, at least for me was um, when people caught me writing that they didn't realize they didn't know what I was doing. Like, what are you writing down? And I was like, um, oh, I, I'm I'm writing down like comedy. So they're like, you're doing what? I'm like at the pool, like sitting here yeah, with a book. Yeah, yeah. And they're like, what are you doing? And I'm like, yeah. well, if I don't get it now. I have like a nugget of a thought of a premise of a something. Exactly. I'm going to lose it. So I'm going to write it down. That's the best thing to do. Yeah. yeah. So it's like that kind of stuff. Cause like when it strikes you in the moment, my best stuff is always stuff that strikes me in the moment, moment versus right. forcing myself to sit down and write, which I do that too. But uh, oftentimes, or like I have a system where I was like, I use a lot of apps on my phone. Okay. So I use uh, Google keep. Google keep. Yeah. So it's like, a, it's like basically a digital post-it note okay. and you create labels. You can mm-hmm. include and then you can kick it into a Google doc. So you can start it as a brainstorming thing with a bunch of premises. Right. And I have a bunch of labels, fatherhood, mm-hmm. uh, you know, big guy stuff, teacher stuff. And so I can do You're it like by label. You're compartmentalizing it a bit. Exactly. So okay. that I can go at any given. So those are just random thoughts. Right. So I have a thing of random thoughts that I've never even touched. Mm-hmm. And then I have a couple running Google Docs where I just put the header title so that it creates a document outline. Yeah. With just a title of whatever the whatever I'm calling the bit. Right. So I can kind of see it. And now it's just this running yeah, you know, now, like, I have like a whole Google thing, and, and then you can kind of like, and that's where I write it out in long form. Right. So I, you know, put the random do, thoughts down, long form. Yeah. Do you notice that, like, that this is again being very, very new and doing it? Like, what I find myself doing is it's, it's, it feels like I'm always cutting it back. Like, it's like I, you don't need to be that wordy. Like, get to it. Don't like you don't need to, yeah. especially when you're doing five minutes, because like you got to get there. That's what's hard is like, cause it's like a block of marble and you're trying to be like Michelangelo. And, yeah. I'm trying to and chip this it away. The right thing. So, yeah. So, you know, I'll write it out as I, as I've at, without trying to make it funny. So I right. like, just to, I'll write it all out. And mm-hmm. then you then go back and out. you say, Oh, okay. Is there a laugh line there? Or, oh, there's two lines and I haven't gotten to a laugh line yet. So yeah. something needs to give. So yeah, I like that, that kind of process. And then after a while, it's like anything you start to, you start to see the zeros and ones a little bit. Yeah. Start to see the spin of the ball a little bit more. And then you can kind of, yeah, but it's, it's, it's fun. I mean, I really, so then I just, so now it's like that. Now I work for that guy. I'm the director of operations for right. the American comedy. So, ha- so how does that work exactly? So you have a, a comedy um, class, like a school, it's a comedy school, right? It's a comedy school. It's up in, so you, it's in New York Gotham. city. Gotham, you do it out of Gotham. So the, so basically uh, we do our graduation show out of Gotham, mm-hmm. uh, but we had been doing it in person for as long as I had known him. Mm-hmm. And when I took over in May, we were transitioning for June to be our first month going back to in-person classes. Okay. So we rent, uh, there's a, there's a, a building in uh, right by Madison square garden, right by the train station mm-hmm. uh, on eighth Avenue called Ripley Greer studios. And they are just a space for performers and dancers and whatever. It's just, so you just go and do class. We rent are. a classroom space there. Oh, that's great. And then, uh, and so then we do that. So then basically you get like, it's sort of the same thing. You get two private 40 minute writing sessions on zoom mm-hmm. that we, it's like two week workshops. So it's a two week, two week, boom, right. Nice little thing. The goal is for you to, you know, build that five minute set. And then we get a lot of repeat. So I, 
each month. So I'd say half of our class, like half five. of our classes repeat okay. from either last month or the month before, uh-huh. and half is new. And it sort of just keeps cycling because he's, you know, people like working with him. So right. you know, you pretty much get the people that do it almost every month, and then you get new people. We keep we cap it at about 15, 16 students so, per so, workshop. So I mean the, the natural thing for me to ask here is like so this blends your two lives together beautifully. Like yes. I love being a comedian. I love to teach. That's so now it. you said you were director of operations. Do you still, do you get to like also, cause director of operations from like, I'm a director of sales operations. Yes. And I know that my job isn't like standing very in front far of- away from that. So it's very much emails <laughs> and voicemails and uh-huh. scheduling uh-huh. Uh, invoices, yeah, yeah, all yeah. the back end, all the back end stuff. Uh, but you get to also do, but I also get to host the graduation show at Gotham awesome. every month. And uh, I get to, um, I go, I go to, I went to the in-person classes in June. Mm-hmm. So I went up uh, for the sessions and then I, uh, if there's enough time, mm-hmm. then I get to run a set. Oh, that's cool. I get to run a set because then I get feedback. And then during the week when I'm scheduling his, if there's like a 30 minute gap between sessions, uh, when I meet with him, then I'll we'll go over one of my sets. I'll show him one of my sets, and mm-hmm. you know we'll look it over and and then get, feed, uh, get yep. feedback. So I, and I don't do it as often as I should. So mm-hmm. I think I'm going to start because I, I just things have been so hectic. Things have been, been doing. Well, been doing right, so, so well. let's 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 be fair. So again, Jay's a teacher, um, and but he has because the beauty of teaching is you get the summers off. Yes. And so he got to he got selected to go and do this thing called the board teacher store. So you went all over the country with a bunch of other teachers that are also yes, comedians, correct? correct? Correct. Yeah, it was kind of weird. Uh, so that happened. I don't know. I was just I wasn't writing teacher stuff when I first mm-hmm. started. I was trying. I was trying. I was so sick of teaching. I, <laughs> you didn't want to talk about it anymore. That I, yeah, I needed to get away because right. I, I was the one everybody was leaning on because I was the tech savvy teacher. Right. So that everybody, when COVID happened, everybody was leaning on me. I had been before COVID. I had been not teaching. I was helping the teachers teach. Okay. So we had gotten Chromebooks. We had gotten mm-hmm. a new LMS. And this was all way You're kind of like COVID. getting them all like getting I was more helping modernized. The, helping the Flintstones so very much meet the like Jetsons. some of the operations type kind of thing, you know, like that kind of a. Yeah. And I really, and I didn't, I didn't know how much I would like that. I was like, oh, well, I like being with the students, but mm-hmm. I got a lot of satisfaction out of helping the teachers get crazy like i said it was like yeah. the flintstones meeting the jetsons so yeah. it was like so wild like, okay so i would use it like and i would do use a lot of humor i would mm-hmm. like make i was always i'm always known for my analogies i'd always make mm-hmm. analogies i'd be like because we had like google classroom and there's all these different virtual systems and they're like well we're switching everyone i'm like listen mcdonald's burger king they all have a chicken yeah. sandwich you know what i mean like, but i would yeah. make like those kind of analogies yeah like, why can't we use Google Classroom? I'm like, Google Classroom's like the microwave at the 7-Eleven. Yes. Here's a full kitchen. Yeah. You know, and yeah. so like, you know, <laughs> so, so they I got, would they're do, like, oh, all right. Yeah. And that's those are the kind of things I do in class just to right. help things. So like. They tie together. Yeah. So that, uh, those skills were transferable. And then, uh, but I was sick of it. I was helping everybody. I was like, the way I used to describe it is I l- was lighting myself on fire to keep everybody else warm. Right. I wasn't sleeping. I wasn't, I was neglecting my own family and children for a minute. Like we were all just kind of like, we we're all together. Right. But like but not two together. together. Yeah. yeah. And it was like, and it was just crazy. So it was just, I needed to step away mm-hmm. and I was working for Villanova in the evening. So I would work for O and J to like two 30 mm-hmm. and then I would work from there. three. No, I would just, oh, in, the, in my the, house, the same, oh, okay. tech stuff. I would help tech their stuff. teachers learn Blackboard. Yep. Three 30 to 1130. Yep. Uh, so I'd be at Joel's uh-huh. in the sand pit. 
yeah. on my computer because they, they only needed me if somebody had an issue. I just had right. to watch you were the there, help desk. You were like, like a 24 7 technical. Desk. Yeah, it yeah, was yeah, the second you. shift. They had a lot of students who were having issues late at night when they were working on stuff and they just wanted somebody there. Right. Rarely did I have to do a ton of stuff. Mm-hmm. So I, as long as I could be on the internet, I could really be. Yeah. Anywhere. So you were kind of like doing again, double duty here. Yep. I'm, I'm still and here. And that was but great. I was getting extra money. That's great. But yeah. it was too much. And so I, yeah, I was just writing regular stuff. And then, uh, uh, Lamar Todd, who's an amazing comedian out of Philly, who's also had been teaching. He had been a teacher too. He started doing a teacher show. He had me at Punchline. So a year after our, I got my first guest spot, mm-hmm. uh, I was on Punchline stage. That's like, oh, incredible. That's crazy. That is incredible. So like I, I, when I first started, I was just going to Joel's every week and then I went to Gap mm-hmm. and then that, this was like January. Mm-hmm. And then in May of that year, I got my first guest spot where I'm going to be tomorrow night at Great American Pub. Mm-hmm. And this guy, Cisco was like, oh, you're really Really good. Bring your best five. I'll give you a guest spot. That's incredible. And then a year, a year to the day of that, I got on Punchline with Lamar. So I had to write some teacher jokes. So mm-hmm. I had a ton of stuff. I've been doing it 19 years. Sure. And then another teacher comedian was coming to Punchline that July. And I just messaged him out of nowhere. I'm like, hey, man, just so you know, I'm a local guy. I've done some teacher stuff there. Yep. And he didn't know me from Adam, but he called me and gave me 10 minutes on a show. That's incredible. And he's now the guy that I open for all over the place. Um, this is where like again for people that might be watching this on oh sorry if i have the the corporate masters digging the dome on roku planet (laughs) x network um so it's it it really like i one of the things that i think is very important in this and again i think that sometimes it takes the right kind of person to be able to do it is you have to like put yourself out there ask Yep. You no, know, like you don't ask and you don't like it, don't knock the hustle. Like people that do that, well, even if they get shot down, they, and that's okay. If you don't ask the question, if you don't ask the opportunity, if you don't give yes. me the shot to go and do something, then it's pretty much on me for not either doing enough to show you that I've got it. And because you're not going to necessarily, and I think that's one thing that some people might get frustrated with comedians of all levels get frustrated with people that are kind of trying to move themselves forward but but because they again they got that promoter in them they're saying hey give me a shot yeah and but then you have to put up or shut up so you get put on this opportunity you do a great job and then now look you're opening all over so the that, place yeah that show is instrumental because that guy gasper randazzo mm-hmm. uh who's a guy from staten island by the way what a great name Isn't gasper randazzo. randazzo great name couldn't make that up yeah right so he's been doing teacher stuff so he's been palling around with he's been opening for a guy named joe dombrowski who goes by mr d mr d and he is uh he had been on ellen back in the day because he had a youtube video that went viral oh all wow, right because he had kindergarten classes and he was giving them fake words anybody was giving them as if they were real oh, words. oh so they were trying to figure out the fake yeah. word <laughs> and he was just <laughs> acting as if it was a normal word right and just having so much fun and alan had him on a couple of times he had been doing stand-up and uh and then he and then gasper was opening for him and now mr d he's just a full-time podcaster and yeah. uh and uh, comedian, he just goes around that's the country he, selling. That's, that's all he does. Now. That's incredible. Uh, and so Gasper then was following him on the road, and now Gasper's headlining the clubs that he had opened for him. Now Gasper's headlining, and now I'm his opener. It's the circle of life. Eventually, and he you was will happy headline. to do it for me because yeah. he's like Joe did this for me, and then he got a Netflix uh, show. Uh, not not a com- not a like comedy special, but right. he's on a Netflix on like show. a version of like Big Brother. Oh, and uh, it's dropping in January. Okay, so it, it filmed it last March, 
and he's it's dropping in January. That's fantastic. That's great. Look, so, man, like you put credits on there, like how so long he's gonna, yeah, and, he's gonna blow up, and then I and I'm his guy. So so you're like. So it's nice. We're doing. We're actually yeah. doing a show together next Wednesday, the thirtieth, at the uh, uh, Staten Island Ferryhawks uh, Stadium. There, the wow single A. Yeah, it's All right. right. That's incredible. Yeah. So we got about four hundred tickets sold already, and so, it's so, fun. So honestly, dead serious, dead ass. Like when you you like, I'm going to go on the sports comedy. I, I didn't know what you meant. Like so, then Jay is posting pictures of him doing selfies with like hundreds of people in the background. Yeah. I was like. You didn't say that you were doing a stadium tour, dude. Like, what? yeah, it was crazy. So, like, so that show. So, Gasper was the one, mm-hmm. and Gasper and like Joe, they're like teacher comedians as well. And then mm-hmm. Gasper was like, "Hey, the guy opening for me on that punchline show, and I did was a guy named Tell Williams." And he's like, "Oh, Tell's been with the board teachers." And I was like, "Oh, what's that?" And he's like, "Oh, it's a group of teachers that have been doing comedy, and it's like this big conglomerate." Well, they started as uh, they started as like a. Uh, Social media videos, mm-hmm. memes. Then they're doing podcasts, and then they have a group of comedians that go around. And so they've been doing these uh, theater tours. It's incredible. So they started in clubs, but now they're selling no theaters. The first show I did for them, I so I contacted them because I was like, I seen Tell. I said, Hey, uh, I asked Tell to put in a good word for me. I sent a right. press kit. I sent like you know, I sent in a clip and a headshot. Yeah. And this is me. You know, yep, this is me. I didn't know. Just shot in the dark. Whatever. Yeah. Shoot your shot. Yep. And he got back to me, and the guy's like, Hey, we'd love to have you. We're going to be doing a show in uh, February. Down in, uh, we're gonna be doing a show in February mm-hmm. down into this theater in North Carolina. Mm-hmm. Well, it got canceled because they oh, were no. in Florida. They were all in Miami, and there was some kind of hurricane or storm at the time. Okay, they couldn't get a flight out. So then I'm like, oh, I missed that shot. He added me to the tour for the for the spring. So then okay. the spring came around, or no, February came around, and Kodak Theater in Rochester put me on. Th- like three shows to start, mm-hmm. uh, seventeen hundred people That's in the incredible. Kodak Theater. Dude, that, how wild is that? You're going up there like dude, I, I was so nervous. It was like it was. I did. I was. I went out there. I showed. I Facetime my wife when I went on stage before they opened the doors, uh-huh. and I'm just showing her the theater. My 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 seven year old was on there. She's like, Daddy, I'm scared for you. You're like, no, no, you can't be scared for me. I'm scared <laughs> for me. Yeah. You're supposed and, to say, Don't worry, Dad, you got this. And so they were only giving me like ten minutes, uh-huh. uh, which was fine. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and so, and, and, a, and a good chunk of change for those 10 minutes. Right. And I was like, yeah, hell, I'll do that. Oh yeah. And then after that, uh, the next two shows, they were like, oh yeah, you can do like 15 or whatever you want. So, mm-hmm. uh, they increased my time and, uh, and then I went from only having three shows. Then I got three more shows and then I got added to a second tour they did in the summer and I got 26 shows this summer. That's incredible. So that and you was were traveling like all over yeah, a the lot place. of the Midwest. It was yeah. a lot of Midwest. Yeah, we did up uh, upstate New York, mm-hmm. uh, Jersey. Uh, but, then, but then we went out you to went like to- a couple places in Ohio. Yeah. Uh, we were out in um, Indiana. We were in uh, Kentucky. Uh, yeah, we were just bouncing around yeah. uh, Indianapolis. Yeah. yeah, so it was kind of fun. And then I ended. And then I ended up. That girl that I told you about, that was my comedy buddy from yes. Pittsburgh. Yes. She had me, she brought me out to Pittsburgh, Kansas. Oh, Pittsburgh, and I Kansas. I took a road trip with my family out. Yeah. And she got a place, a venue, produced a heck of a show. Got That's incredible. people out there. Uh, and they, you know, were able to put me up for a couple of nights in a hotel, let my family come. Sure. Super hospitable. This they is, got, no, no, wait. This is the, uh, so if I remember correctly, this is got, this just happened, right? Yes, just happened. So this is, so Jay... Uh, bless you, sir. I I don't know. <laughs> compelled you to say, you know what? 
Let's drive. Let's drive from from oh yeah from Philadelphia to Pittsburgh, Kansas. Pittsburgh, Kansas, which is how many hours? It's like an, it's like if you drove through, I think it's like eighteen hours. But like we did, so my wife and I have always like road trips, even like before that? we had yeah. kids. Yeah, and I wanted to do that with the girls. Like yeah. I think that's fun. They were great. They were for being like six and nine or seven and nine. They yeah, were great. Those are tough ages for and kids. Yeah, my wife was really good at planning it out. She had a whole Google Doc set up where how what were we were going to get to each day. Well, that's great. We went to either a national park or some activity. So you made sure that he kept yeah, it everything. Going and, and yeah, my one daughter, my oldest, wanted to go to as many states as possible. And I didn't know this. Is this a trend? Have you heard this before? Is when that, you go when you're driving, uh-huh. my wife was having the girls throw a penny out the window when we crossed state lines. Never heard that before. In okay. My life. And me either. And I was like, you're yeah, gonna hit a car behind us. Yeah, I know. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like yeah. <laughs> uh but the girls loved it. They did it. And that's fine. I don't I don't All think right, anybody uh, got look, hurt. I mean but we went through 12 states. I think we did 12 or 13 states mm-hmm. uh, in the trip. Went to the St. Louis Arch, went up the Arch. Like mm-hmm. It was cool. So, we, yeah, it was just kind of a fun trip. That's what I wanted it to be. I was like, if I'm doing all this. You don't you know, want it to necessarily just be about. Well, and people have a misunderstanding of it all. Like, I was coaching baseball and basketball and football forever. Mm-hmm. And I was never home for, like, dinner time. Right. Um, oh, yeah, and, sure. Yeah, and you're I was always never home practicing. to get them off the bus. I was never. Right. And so now people are like, well, you must be never home. I'm like, dude, I was never home when I was coaching for when I was making money doing peanuts, coaching three sports. And yeah. So after COVID, I stopped doing everything for the school. I just did. I used to read the names. I used to mm-hmm. do the book for basketball. I stopped right. doing all of that. And so I'm home every day to get the girls off the bus. We have dinner, take them to piano. Yep. I had and then say, I go out at night. I had a very similar uh, but different scenario so the job that i worked before the company that i work for now which is a, a global company that is headquarters out of ambler which is odd right yeah. <laughs> you're like oh yeah we have uh, offices in rotterdam and in and germany and it's like i was like what and, and, you're, ambler. and you're in ambler. Yeah, ambler. <laughs> ambler is where most of that's the main that's where the uh the founder is so anyway um I used to travel all the time. That was my job was they would put, cause I was in sales planning and operations and they would have to make me, they, uh, this is the mentality the company I worked for was like, we're going to have a meeting. You have to fly to this place and then hang out for like three days and do that meeting. Mm. And it would be every month that I was gone. I was and Rochester was where their headquarters. So I used to go to Rochester all oh. the fucking time. And so I was like, I, this was like two, like two weeks out of the month I was gone. Yeah. So again, I didn't get to see my kids and it was, they, they, Felt it. I felt it. And uh, it was cool to get to a, a place where I and, and partly I think it was COVID because COVID forced everybody to go virtual. Mm-hmm. Yep. So the the brilliant people at the company that I worked for, we were like, we can go virtual, too. We could do this from anywhere. And they were like, there's no possible way. How are we going to sell payroll to a company if you don't send a man in a suit into a pizzeria that has two people <laughs> that working for him? You know, like, how yeah. is that possible? You have to shake his hand and eat his pizza. Um, but then we were like, no, no. And, and in 10 days, we were able to take that organization from being a completely on-site company to a completely virtual company. Oh, wow. And they had the best year financially they had ever I'll had bet. in COVID. Yeah. So like, it's, you know, it's like, hey, look, efficiency. Just kind of like what you That's were talking right. about with the, the school. It's like, hey, you don't need to, you know, uh, we don't need to have the kids like hammering stone tablets with chisels and fucking hammers. You know what I mean? Like, this yeah. is how I'm taking my notes. 
Yeah, it's a different classroom. world now. It's a different yeah. world. Yeah, it's but yeah, but even but even with the like now with the comedy, I think sometimes people don't see because I'm out. I'm out every. I'm out every night yeah. somewhere. But yep. now it's a business. Now to yes. me, it's different. Now you're like, getting money for somewhere it and... along the lines. I've I'm now I'm earning money from it. Right. You know, at a level that I had not anticipated, and that's cool. Like it's cool. It's incredible. And, it's, uh, and that that teacher, the teacher tour is great. So you know. Or teachers have been great to me. They're awesome to me. I just and now I'm going to be co-host of yeah the podcast. I was going to say the podcast. podcast. So you do this. Yeah, it's going to be starting. I did a month's worth. They do on rotating hosts, right? So I'm basically one of the September the, hosts, the rotations, and in. then I'll probably go back for like do November or whatever. Right. Um, yeah, teachers off duty is teachers the name off of the, duty is the name of the podcast. Teachers right? off duty podcast. So, so he so again like Jay just has like these little nuggets that he drops on you like it's all casual and shit and he's like. Yeah, they got like three million uh, TikTok followers or something like that. I was like, yeah, what? Well, yeah, I mean, well, so they have like three million subscribers. Damn. If you add up, that's more if you add. Like, there's like they're like nine hundred thousand on like TikTok that's or like whatever. Incredible man. Yeah. So, but it's a new. So it's yeah. So this will be season four for them. And what they did this year is they used to have TikTokers like social media influencers were the hosts, mm-hmm. and they were some of them also would come on tour because they had stories and stuff. Okay. But now were they they, com- decide, they weren't comedians. They, they weren't were. necessarily trained comedians. Like right. set up punchline comedians. Yeah, yeah. They just had a huge following. Mm-hmm. And so people would come out to hear them tell their stories. Yeah, sure. Um, but now they decided that, oh, well, the comedy tour has been soon doing so well. Mm-hmm. Let's have the teacher comedians come in. And then they can be And the let hosts. them be the host for this new well, season. I, I don't um, know. Like, I, I and I haven't heard the, I can, I'm not judgment, judgmental of anybody's stuff because, again, whatever you like, and there's like literally, uh, we're blessed because we have had a tremendous amount of success. In the time that we've done this, we've gotten we we had a, a, we've got a huge growth on YouTube or on Roku now. Like everything's been great, but I also recognize that there's like a sea of podcasts out there. Like literally, oh, yeah, hundreds of everybody thousands. in their second cousin. Yeah, has a podcast. It, it, like, oh, I started a podcast. That's shocker, right? You're breathing yeah. air. Like, what do you want? <laughs> you know, it's, that's true. It's there's so many of them. So like, you being able to separate yourself or being in something like that is um, really impressive because it does give you. And and whatever they're doing, whatever you're doing, like, look, I don't know what the TikTokers, uh, you said they had really good stories. They're obviously popular for a reason. Yeah. Also popular on TikTok for some reason. My daughter, like, she laughed at this. Fun- it was funnier than anything that I've ever said to her. Yeah. It was just a piece of bread falling over. Yeah. It's crazy. Like, I, I don't understand why that's hilarious. Yeah. they And, like, a lot of the influencers, when I talk to them, because I've been mm-hmm. on tour, some of them have, like, yeah. 2 million followers, that kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. And it's like... You know, it's about the goal is to niche down, like find whatever right. your niche is. That's and, a really good point. Yeah. And, and hammer that. And so, you know, I've been trying to play with what that is. And I've, for me personally, like when I talk about like my comedy, like, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of my stuff drew from my own family, you know, being raised by two moms and 80 Scranton at a time yes. when it was don't ask, don't tell because somebody, mm-hmm. if they see something, they're going to say something. Oh yeah. And so like growing up with that. And then, then I found out my biological dad was also gay. My mom's brother's gay. So I have like this you're whole like, like, yeah, you big like gay family. Of, you have a and big it, gay family. Yes. Big gay family <laughs> before it was cool. Before Ellen was straight. Uh, Ellen yeah. was still straight. All of that he stuff. He liked smashing pumpkins when they recorded Gish. That's right. Nobody liked them then. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so like I have all of that. 
that. I have this whole thing of like, oh, here I am, a heterosexual guy, yeah. married to a woman with kids, but I didn't have that stencil growing up. Right. So a lot of my stand-up is, am I a good dad? How do I know? Like, here's my background. So then, then I have an autistic daughter. So I talk a lot about yes. uh, special needs and I always want her to be like the hero in the story. And I want, uh, uh, and I love talking about her as well. So I got a question about that because I think, um, and I've seen it a couple of times when we've been doing mics like people will like because again uh, everything is in the i don't think anyone's ever mean-spirited when they say i don't think people are doing things in the in the um through the lens of trying to be funny but they'll say things uh, like your autistic jokes are great because they are really relatable to your experience Mm -hmm. and they again to your point your daughter always comes out looking like the the yeah. the winner in the story. Yeah, exactly right. But not everyone's creating autistic jokes like that. So does that impact you in any way? Does that make you feel a kind of way or not? No, no, I don't know. I mean, because I, I use that same muscle from like hearing people trash gay people my whole life. Right, exactly. And I was like, they exactly. were, you know, those are the same people that love my mom's pancakes. Like, right, what, they're, do, they're ignorant. Do her pancakes yeah. taste bad now that you know she's gay? Uh, <laughs> you know, it's like, it's like that. So I, that same skill for me mm-hmm. of hearing people bash gay people when I'm like, oh, they're talking about my mom, my dad, my uncle. Right. Uh, so like that, that same, that same thing. It's like, oh, it's just, you know. It just got to roll off. Yeah, like, just whatever. off. Yeah, you get it. And so like, and so, so that my comedy is, is to combat that. So like, you know, I, one of my setups now is that like, I hear a lot of guys using autism as a punchline and, mm-hmm. you know, and that's like, I think they're jealous because my daughter sees the world in a state they take drugs to visit. <laughs> you know, and that was sort of the joke that I wrote to kind of combat yeah. that. And I'm like, you know, they call it a trip. She's a permanent uh, resident. Yes. And I've been playing with this dual citizenship tag uh, dude, now and I, stuff. I really and liked that. You, you added that because I noticed that I've seen that joke actually kind of evolve, which is kind of cool for yeah, me. Yeah. So like, I'm trying to build an hour around her. I'm trying mm-hmm. to get up so that I have like a whole uh, stuff just on that because I'll tell you, I can't tell you how many people come up to me after shows, Mm -hmm. uh, parents, speech therapists, grandparents, like um, just, I have uh, cool moments with people, like real moments. Mm -hmm. I had one woman at Helium come up to me and she's like, I needed to laugh about it. Like I needed right. to laugh. Um, well, your point, like I, you know, I think that people say it a lot, but it can't be uh, understated. I think is that doing comedy is a way for you to be able to deal with pain or, or, and to be able to, to, to like kind of get around it. Like, can I find something in here that gives me the silver lining? And I think that's really a beautiful yeah. thing to be able to say. Cause you said like, even when you were younger, and you were, you know, kind of, uh, you know, moving around and you wanted to make friends. You used comedy to be able to bridge the gap. That's right. Well, but, I said, you know, comedy is tragedy plus time. That's it. Exactly right. Yes. You know, so yeah. it's like you got to process it first. And I think sometimes yes. at open mics, oh. <laughs> you hear people don't process it first. Yeah, yeah, They're yeah. so processing. I've heard really good things like Mike Burbigley is a guy I look up oh, to. He's very funny. Uh, I really enjoy. Uh, I really enjoy him. He was probably the guy I was watching his special when I made the decision to, to like, do it. Go for it. That's Great. Uh, and uh, one of the things he talked about is he has his own journal. That's his own personal journal. He writes in every night. Mm-hmm. And that's the journal where you process your feelings so that then you can have your joke book mm-hmm. and you can take it over there later. Uh, but that's, yeah. So a lot of me is just channeling that. I'm trying to like my own, you know, just trying to be vulnerable. I'm trying to educate. I'm trying to help 
people be relatable to the families who have autism yeah. or the people who just know someone with autism. Yeah. And we so have, we have an, our, my, our nephew, my, my wife, uh, her brother, her, her nephew's got, yeah, and everybody is. And it's so, so now yeah. it's, it's this area where can I, can I somehow educate and entertain at the same time? Right. And yeah. that's what I've been playing with. And it does. And like I said, I get to have these great moments with people after. Yeah. Um, and people really love it, how I humanize it, uh, mm-hmm. and, and make it vulnerable. And I enjoy doing that. And then teaching now, obviously I do a lot of stuff on teaching, mm-hmm. uh, parenting just in general, like how, you know, you don't really know, like, you know, how do you know if you're doing a good job? So I just love playing with my life. Like I just. Well, it's good I, because you're, it's your experience, yes. right? And it's the, the thing that's going to speak most true to you. Yeah. You know, and I do like, so I think that, um, you know, again, some of the feedback that I heard yesterday when we were doing uh, the, the mic was like, Hey, you know, make it, that is about you. Make it more about you. I hear yeah. you say that a lot, which is really, I think an important part of yeah. being able to develop your voice and be able to actually resonate with the material more. It's easy to say, you know, and I do it. I'm not going to say that I don't like I see something in the news like I the one I did the other. I don't know if you were there. I, uh, Will Levis, the quarterback for the Tennessee Titans. OK, um, it, I said I said I saw the whitest thing that's ever happened ever. He's a he got an endorsement deal with Helmets Mayonnaise for life. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's like incredibly white yes. things. But. That, but it's that's nothing to do with me. It's just funny. Yeah. Well, and, and there's something. There's a place for like one yeah. of the funnest things. So there's uh, the weekday comics is mm-hmm. a podcast mm-hmm. for two, two very two, funny two dudes. And, and those two guys, when I was going to Joel's originally, mm-hmm. those were two guys that I just watched in awe of, like Dan DiPrio and DiPrio and, and Dave Premiano. I said his name wrong. Sorry, buddy. Uh, <laughs> no, he, he has a whole. Yeah, it's funny. He has just He's a lot very of funny. jokes about it. He's but watching the two of them, uh, I was just in awe of them. Uh, and so, actually, I'm on a show with them on Saturday in Hershey. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, because they're just such great joke writers, they're yes. super smart. Yep. So they do this show where they they do the show. Dave was doing the show where he was just coming up on open mics and he was just doing news like Jay Leno monologue headline stuff. Right. And I like that. I so I, when I went on their podcast, they at the end of their podcast go back and forth. Right. They use the headlines to, yep. to like actually tell jokes. Yep. And so yeah. I did it. I wrote twenty. I wrote nineteen or twenty of them, mm-hmm. and it, that was different for me because that's not typically what I do. But it was a lot of fun to do that. Hi. What's up? We're recording. Hello. This Hi. is this is my wife, Colleen. Hi. How are Colleen, you? This is Jay. Hi, Jay. Nice to meet you. How are you? Uh, what's Hi. up? Sorry. We're we're yeah we're in the middle. That's right. <laughs> Bye. See, uh, normally uh, Kevin's here, and what Kevin does is he says, "Remember to lock the door." And two times now, that door's opened. One for my daughter Sam, who has interrupted this uh, podcast on so so many occasions. You may remember the time where she took her, she had stepped in dog poop and put it right next to me. That was awesome, and. Uh, <laughs> Colleen, though, is very uh, – she's not uh, usually the interrupter. She was uh, – she had two hard-boiled eggs and lots of wine today. Nice. So she's trying for her. Uh, yeah. No, she deserves it. She had Good a, she had a very – we're, we're dealing with a fruit fly epidemic. Or, oh, yeah. In this fucking – well, we've actually figured out – we figured out the culprit. There was a bag in the garage that had stuff in it, and there's just like – so we got rid of the bag. We've been like getting rid of food and like fucking the colonies are coming. I remember I was I yeah. was at her sinus and that was the only I'm baby bio is I took the easiest bio and that was like the big thing was a fruit fly experiment. That's mm-hmm. the only time I've ever thought about fruit flies. They 
They suck. They suck. Anyway, so going back to what we were talking about, you were talking about uh, Dan and Dave, these really yeah, super just, talented looked, guys. Yeah, super. So I got to write those kind of jokes because I think it's fun. It's fun to do those stuff. And I think you should play. Like, I've played with so many styles of jokes. Yeah. You've never, I don't think you've ever heard me do my milk joke. No, I've mean, not heard the milk joke. So, I would yeah, love milk to. joke's a fun one. I pull that out so sparingly. So and why, people still yeah, talk yeah. to me about it because <laughs> I did it once at Joel's. It, at an open mic, it crushed because it was yeah. like so different from what I had done. And it's uh, it's basically called like a list set joke. A list set joke. Okay. So it's like basically what you do is you, you're you listing stuff. Okay. Okay. So yeah, you have okay. some kind okay. of okay. premise uh-huh. and then everything from the setup, then everything else is just a punchline. Uh-huh. And so like the one, I heard a guy do this once where he's like, yeah, my mom's on my mom's on another diet. She's tried them all. And then he just went on Wikipedia and looked up every diet and he just and started, started naming them everything. And then after a while, it's kind of like Family Guy does this where yes. they harp on something over and over and right. it eventually becomes funny. And yes. Yes. A hundred percent. They're and like, they're like, they're like when he. uh uh, he when whenever Peter hurts his knee, yeah, he's like, ah, uh, yeah, and it's just uh, over time. And you're, like, you're like, okay, for the first like four seconds, you're like, and then eventually, <laughs> like, like, goes right, on is, and that's, that's funny. funny. All right, you're not giving up. <laughs> so I so, so I was reading Steve's book, Steve mm-hmm. Rosenfield's Mastering Stand Up Book, and I was like, oh, he does different chapters, and one was that style of joke. So I was like, all right, let me write one. Uh-huh. And the whole premise is like. You know, I know what you're thinking. And yes, milk has done this body good. <laughs> uh, I was like, people make fun of me, but I love it all. And then for the next two and a half minutes, you're just, I list everything that has ever had milk in it. And then like every third one, it'd be like milk bones or right, like, yeah. you know, you <laughs> yeah. know. You know, muscle milk, milk of magnesia, titty yeah. milk. Yeah. Uh, you know, and it's yeah, just like, like you, you just, just keep on rolling. Harvey milk. You yeah. know, and it's just like, and, you know, and, and then it's like. <laughs> Harvey so, milk's a good one. And you just one. like keep rolling with these for like as long as you can As go. long as you go. Just keep um, on going. And people yeah. will continue. And again, because it's building. Yeah. It's it's continuing to gather. And sometimes you repeat them. I'll be like chocolate milk. And then like I'll do strawberry milk, vanilla milk. Yeah. Chocolate milk again. You yeah. Know? <laughs> and, like, and you just do that and you're just listing them. And like, you know, so I love experimenting with that. Cause mm-hmm. like, and you know, I have jokes that I've told that just haven't worked, or I have ones on the back burner that are either too dark for me. Cause Dan DePriel is great with that. He and I write up write together a lot. Mm-hmm. And he'll tell me like when I'm at a mic and I do a joke, and he's like, you know, we just don't believe you. I did a joke about Oh, because it was it it's doesn't just, fit it was you. outside it of my persona, you. right? And you, you got to experiment. I mean, even Picasso painted a bowl of fruit. You know of what course. I mean? Like yeah, so, yeah. like yeah. So I think you totally should experiment with all of that. Mm-hmm. Um, I just know that the stuff that's the stuff that I can put in a show mm-hmm. and justify getting paid the amount of money I'm getting paid. Sometimes I know that. Oh, okay. I can't. I can't. You take can't a veer risk. off, and you. Hey, I'm not going to turn or nothing go into prop comedy. Yeah, <laughs> like, I know. Like I have forty five. I have. Probably 45 to almost 60 minutes now of material I can tell at anywhere. It's got it's um, the it's the evergreen material you can that use wherever I can you want. Do. Some of it's not some of I wish it was evergreen. Some of it probably was gonna have a shelf life. But yeah. for right now, like I had a really good one for a while that involved the uh Will Smith Chris Rock. Oh, thing. the slap. Yeah. That was really the good. Slap. And I still have the joke, I just can't, I just I it doesn't go well, on. Well, it's because it's like so far removed now. It's like. Well, it is. So the only time I tell the end of that joke now is like when I hear another comic mention it. If somebody uh, earlier yes. in the oh, night so mentions you can, then you it. Then you say, that's my end. Then I'm now, like, oh, if I hear that. And I heard it tonight, but I only had a 10 minute set. So I didn't have enough time do to it. do it. 
But it, and it fits in with my daughter and autism. It's part. It's like a four minute bit that I can squeeze in at the end mm-hmm. if I have more time. If you have time, yeah. Um. So yeah. So but uh. But yeah. No. I I enjoy. Yeah. So I enjoy writing those jokes. And I you know I've had dark ones that. I've won about coaching my daughter's like challenger baseball league, uh, okay. which is like a special needs thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure. Which again, that's already kind of a messed up name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those kids, like, which, <laughs> all right. But, like, uh, you all right know. we get it. All right, but, you to- <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, so I, so I like playing with some of those things, and you know, you got to play, you got to swing and miss. You got it's hard for me because, and now you get to a point, and you'll see, like, when I go to a mic, if it's a mic I haven't been at or something, yep. you feel like you got to be good, even when you want to just kind of work, like stuff work out. stuff out. Yeah. So like yesterday for me was a perfect example. That was like the first time I just said, let me tell a story I've never said out loud before. I like the story. It definitely has something. And I was like, and I know I don't have any, and I I knew I didn't have anything, but I was like, well, I'm not going to sit here and tell a joke. Everybody else has already heard a million times that I know is done. Right. You know what I mean? Well, because it was was in in fairness, like in the the mic that that on Wednesday was just like, it was all comics. All comics. So, and and it was all people that have been in, and that, in that particular look, the tuned up, before we like these yeah. were all like this was like was a like, group of friends from high school that ended up in the same bar and they were the only ones in it. Yeah. And they were like, okay, let's just go hang yeah. out and talk about, you know, talk shop, whatever. Yeah, exactly. It was and it was like an open gym. It's like an open gym where all the guys who were trying to get on the court yep. were there. Uh, and they're like, well, how can we take advantage of the fact that we don't have anybody to play in front of, but let's make it worth it. Yeah. So I, I thought it was great. And so like, for me, like fun. that, yeah. So then I'm like, okay. And cause what, what I'll notice now is on a lot of these podcasts, people will say like, I'll hear comedians talk about their process. Like I listened mm-hmm. to the good one. Yeah. Uh, and he talk, and so he'll say stuff like, "Oh, writing on stage," and I couldn't mm. understand the concept. Like in my head, I would keep hearing all of these comics say, "Well, writing I write on, on stage. stage. I write on stage." Mm-hmm. And now I'm starting to get like, so like last night was for me. I started to write on stage because I got two early uh, tags yes. in the joke yep. that I did not intend. Because uh, I've, I've written that story out as I said it last night, more or less, because that's that is what happened. Right. It was the, um, it was literally a story. You just yeah, told it from it like just start, the story. start to finish. Yeah. And so, and then you just naturally find moments where you can interject. So, like, I had a BYOB tag. Yep. And then I had a play <laughs> off of the Stretch Hummer. And so, like, those were two. Danny tags. Trejo even made an appearance. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so like those were two tags that I did. And then the end, I was kind of happy with the end. Cause I was like, Oh, how do I, how do you, how do I misdirect that enough? Mm-hmm. And I was okay with how that part ended where I was like, Oh, okay. It's good. Cause everybody should think that Danny Trejo did that to me. Right. But really uh, they're, like, oh, and they're like, I'm like, yeah, the main streets of Potsdam. Actually, no, it was, it was Franklin street. Okay. Uh, you know, and like that boom. <laughs> Specifically Franklin street. So, so like, but then that's the other thing that's funny about comedy that I've realized you know, any of the tricks or the spec, the specificity, the yeah. specific numbers, specific names. The, the actual, this like, is on Franklin street. You know that place. Funnier yeah. when you can be specific. Yeah. You know, and shit, the- dude, we used to do that when we were in, in music. We would be like, like, uh, you know, uh, you do like a, a, like a play on a, on a word of a song. It's like, instead of saying, uh, 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 was it 441, the Tom Petty song, American Girl? I used to cover that song. Yeah. And I do like 422 or something yeah. like that. You know, like nine, you know, like you'd have to like, you just yeah. play it into the, because everyone's like, oh yeah, I know that road, you know? Yeah. So it's like, yeah. So it's like uh, that kind of stuff so much fun. I love, like, for me, it's like this game it's this puzzle that i want to solve it's yeah. like you know making something funny or even tonight i i 
I was doing this seven for seven thing and it was, you know, a crowd. I figured some of them had seen me before because mm-hmm. I do so many shows at Joel's now that it's cool because it forces me to try new stuff. Yeah. So I was trying this new parenting thing with being a birthing coach. Like they told me, well, they did. They told me I was, I thought I was just going to go in and with a cigar in my mouth and pace the oh, waiting room. Oh yeah. Read a newspaper. And they're, and yeah. yeah. And they're like, no, you're the birthing coach. And I'm like, I would have brought my awkward shorts long and a clipboard. Yeah, but I didn't know. Yeah. Like, <laughs> uh, and, uh, and so this whole concept of treating it like a sports metaphor, uh, and, and, uh, and so some of it was okay. I tried it out loud and I was like, okay, that line didn't hit. And then I just, cause you gotta, you gotta try new stuff and you're like, okay, but all of the other stuff around it, if I started strong. And Have you I had knew- moments where like you've done, uh, like done something and you were like, oh man, like, like you, you realize that that was just like at the moment you're like, ah, oh, that didn't. Cause I, I mean, obviously it happens all the time to me, but you know. yeah, I had, well, so I had a, gr- the worst one that I ever did yeah. was learning, learning the difference between an open mic uh-huh. uh, joke and a real crowd joke. Like, yeah. I saw Keith Purnell, who's a great dude. He's out of Delaware. Oh, yeah, yeah. 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 You know, I've been on like last comic standing. He's been around for like 30 some years. Uh, yeah, hysterical. He gave me a, an opportunity to do one of my longest sets. I think I did like 15 minutes mm-hmm. when I very first started and in front of a guy named Mark Kay. So it was him, me and Mark Kay. Mm-hmm. So he hosted, I went up second then Mark. And so then when I went up, I had this Lunchables joke that I'm sure you've heard me tell. Yes, yes. But there's a tag after it that I now don't say anymore where I was like, you know, the joke is that uh, like, oh, it's, it turns out I'm likable, I'm lovable, I'm lunchable. Mm-hmm. And then I'm like, oh, lunchables have evolved. Have you heard me tell this part where I'm yeah, like, yeah. and I'm like, they come with a Capri Sun and dessert. Yes. And then, and I, then I allude to that. It also uh, makes me climax. <laughs> um, so that did not. Uh, that groans, audible, like, ah, gro- audible groans ah, uh, from the audience. Ah, uh, and that's when Keith pulled me aside after he's like, dude. <laughs> and he's like, not, 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 that, that, not that. You don't go that far. Um, and I just, you know, that was me not knowing, not like, because you. Well, do you think it was, so do you think that it, that is partly because of what you said before, which is you found what you are. And that's not necessarily Did what you me. are. Yep, exactly. And like, and that's also like a good open mic joke. Cause like I would get crazy. I got like a huge response the first time yeah, I did that joke, did, yeah. but that was because it was the comics in the back of the and room they know, yes. who found it was ironic that I told the joke like that because yes. they've been seeing me yeah, you never and they wouldn't that have anticipated. Right. And so the big laughs I were getting were from these like comedians in the yeah. back of the room. Yeah. And so I was using that to be like, oh, it's a good joke. Right. Um, and you were like, oh, no, 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 I didn't realize that the reaction was really more about how out of bounds it was for me exactly. to my friends exactly. that know how I do this. So, you know, so, and that's the part you don't realize the difference of like, like when you do your first show and you're in front and you, you could tell something that wouldn't have landed in an open mic and it might crush in front of a real audience. Right. And that you just can't know. Right. And that's why the open mic is like, it's so necessary, but it's also a cautionary tale. It really is. And I think that sometimes I think we talked about this the other day. Um, it, I've seen people, you know, in the very short period of time that I've been doing it, I've seen people come and go and I've seen what's happened to them in those, because open mics are tough. 
because there are um, a predominantly comic audience. Mm-hmm. And even if they're your your friends, they're still going to be really tough critics because they know that's kind of what yes. you need. They need to know they, they want if you get them and I've gotten them now a couple of times, like gotten, I feel like I'm getting my momentum or I'm getting them to laugh at me. So I know that like, all right, I'm on the right track. There's there's something there. But when you're up there, they're the harshest critics. So if you don't have steel in you and you've yeah. done it like three or four times, it becomes you be like, I don't want to do it anymore because I don't feel like what I'm doing is actually working. Yeah, it's hard. It was so hard. And like I remember I would only share my recordings with just a few people that mm-hmm. I knew. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that helped me because I would get that right. feedback. You tell me what do you, what do you like about it? What yeah. do you not? And that was and it was hard to do. It's like when you do your own writing and showing it to someone like that yeah. can be hard. But that's so it's like, exposing. Yeah. So now I write with a, there's a couple comics that I meet with almost weekly to mm-hmm. where we pitch jokes to each other and write or all of written and then share it with them. And that's been huge because then you get a different perspective, different people. And that all that just helps because it's like you want to get better. I want to get better. I want to be the best. I want to be the best version of myself at it. Right. I want to be uh, doing my own shows and people coming to see me. And yep. I want everything I'm seeing my buddy Gasper get and that Joe D guy get like and the, some of those higher influencers. I'm like, oh, it'll be my time. Eventually. Yeah, dude, it matters gotta, about the, the motivation. It matters about the fact that you're putting the work in. Like yeah. it's just like anything else. Yep. You got to get good at it. It's going to take time. And, um, and obviously you're on the right track. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's a whirlwind. I can, I can't, and I needed it because I didn't, I was kind of lost in teaching, I thought was my thing. Right. And it is, but, um, but this is something special. This is, this, yeah, this, but this is, this is like, yeah, teaching's great, but you've been doing it for 19 years. So someone's like, hey, you could teach or the O2 <laughs> yeah. arena and you're like, yeah. Hmm, well, <laughs> so, it's like, mm. so it's like, I think it'll be a both hand. I don't think I'm going to, I don't think I'm going to not teach. I'm too far in with my pension. Of course. Yeah. No, but I, mean, it, yeah. I mean, but it would be, it's fun to think about. It's fun to like, to like and it's nice because I'm on really? sabbatical now till January. Right. So I'm not teaching till like January 18th. I don't have to report till That's great. I, I'm taking grad classes. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that way I get half pay and some other benefits to that. Cause every 10 years you're allowed to take, take a, sabbatical. a sabbatical. You can do a full year. I didn't want to do a full year. Um, I'm going back to teach Latin and the Latin program needs me in there because otherwise it won't survive because we need someone at the lower levels to get people excited about it. About and, Latin. And, you know, that, that's the root, that's, root of all. That's uh, my, that's, languages, man. it was funny enough when I was at Ursinus, my, uh, I got my junior year, I got paid to stay and do a summer fellowship. Mm-hmm. Um, and my research was uh, how to implement middle school out of and implement Latin at public middle schools. And wow. I went around talking with administrators of schools that had Latin mm-hmm. uh, or that had gotten rid of Latin and sort of developed a plan. So now that's what I get to do. So it's kind of it's cool that I'm getting to do that. And I like doing that. And then, it, you know, that gives me ammunition. I want to stay in the classroom. If I'm going to keep with this teacher niche of comedy. Sure. Uh, I need to. Well, this is a material building, right? You know, yeah. Too. You get it's a fine line. You know, like, don't get me wrong. Like when I'm in the classroom, I'm not there doing a set. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not yeah. like when I, like I tutored Latin. You didn't today. do your homework. I got no respect. That yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> um, but like when I'm in there, like today I tutored Latin and like, I'm like, you know, serious as could be. I'm very, very smart. I got like I have no 
overeducated as a matter of fact overeducated uh, i got too much in here and uh and so you know but like i'm very serious about my job so i, sure. I would i would think it would people who had me as a, a student they they probably could see it because i i crack jokes every once in a while but usually it's dry humor right to see if they're paying attention right um or i'll say something ridiculous just to see it's if like, they're tuning me out or listening yes um but for the most part i'm like very into teaching and, and, and language and stuff like that. So, you know, I, I like doing that, but yeah, they'll say some crazy stuff or, you know, just sitting in meetings. I've gotten so, so much material on the meetings we have to go of on, course. you know, and all the stuff we have to do. Like we had pot training. I do a bit on pot, pot training. Pot, pot training. <laughs> yeah. We had to learn about all the different all right, ways. Guys, that, pot training. Let's go in the teacher's lounge. <laughs> yeah, right. in the door. <laughs> They're showing us all the different devices they could be using and how they look like, you know, look like a pen or it might look like right. something. Yeah. Yeah. So we had to learn all the different ways they're ingesting drugs. Oh, that's and, great. Um, so yeah, so I you know, so it was great. So I wrote I have like uh I have like at least a two minute bit on that. On now that, that yeah. I do, you know. That you would um, not have had had you not been in that room. Natural... If I had been in that room. Yeah. So you know, so those things are fun. It's you're walking a line, you know. I never talk about any specific, specific people kids or, or yeah, yeah, you, you can't know, do that. But right? at the same time, I mean, you know, it's I've been doing it for a while and I've done shows for the school. Yeah. I've done shows for the PTA. I've, the superintendent's been at some of my shows. Yeah. So you're like you're... So it's like, you know, it's like whatever, I'm not doing anything. I I flirt with stuff like school. Uh, active shooter drills and um yeah. but tastefully in a way that breaks right. the tension. You know what? How th- that's that's masterful right there. An a-, a tasteful active shooter drill. <laughs> <joke. laughs> that's, that's that's tough to that do. Bit, that, uh, yeah. So <laughs> it because I like I like implanting tension, but then you gotta be able to release it. Yeah. You know? Yep. And yep. so nothing gets a nothing gets a butthole tighter. Oh yeah. Than so mentioning you start with active that. shooter drills. <laughs> yeah. Sandy Hook. I was like, yeah. oh, where's it going with this? So it's like, so yeah. That's where specific, the specific nature of it probably wouldn't work in your favor, but, um, <laughs> but yeah, so, but it is a challenge, but yeah, so I found ways to do that because now I actually have like three separate uh, active shooter jokes in that bit now that at first I was nervous to do. And now it's, now it's, now it's, now it's, part of my, it's, it's now pretty much part of my set. Well, I mean, if look, you're testing it out in the Midwest and they're all right with it, they yeah. get pretty good to go, you know? Yeah, you're right. So it's like, it's one of those things where you take some rest or even when I do a lot of the jokes about my parents and mm-hmm. gay, it usually takes a minute. There's a minute attention. Like, or when I mention my, yes. and then you, yeah. So I'm like, you know, I was raised by two moms. That's right. Lesbians. Yeah. It's like, ah, and ooh, then usually yeah. it'll be like the, I'll hush, and I'll be like, "That's exactly what it sounded like in '80s, Granton, guys. Congratulations, you've <laughs> yeah. come a long way." Yeah. Uh, or somebody will cheer, and I'll be like, "That's not what it was like in '80s, Granton." You can go either way, really. Yeah. So it's like you learn how, like, so because when I would put that out, I was so nervous as a kid to tell people. I'm sure. Yeah. Like. So it's Terrifying. like now it's kind of cool, especially it's li- back it's then. Liberating. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and so now it's liberating to to tell my story yeah. and. Uh, and so, you know, so now you get comfortable, you get comfortable with pauses over time. Yeah. You get comfortable with maybe they don't react to a certain thing the way, but it takes a, it takes a long time and a lot of reps to yeah. get there. I just, I think I told you before, um, Nikki Glazer, I, I went and saw Nikki Glazer and oh, yeah. talked to her and she, she said, I said, I only got one piece because I told her I'm like doing up. She's like, okay, I have one good piece of advice to you. It's like the only piece of advice that I've ever taken that really matters. And she said. You, don't it doesn't do matter. It. You don't, don't yeah, do yeah. quit immediately. 
You're not funny. I can tell. I got a radar for this shit. Um, I don't have the Metachlorians, the Jedi Metachlorians. Yeah. To, no, she said, uh, she said um, it doesn't matter if you're funny, really. It just matters that you do it a lot. And mm. like, that resonated with me. I'm like, okay, I get it. Like, because you could be really, in, again, inside of you, very, very, very funny. But if you don't refine what you're doing, if you don't continue to practice and take the at-bats yeah. and do all that stuff, you're not going to get good. Yeah. It's impossible. But that's just it. And that's why my wife – that's like, like everybody says my wife must be a saint. She is because mm-hmm. uh, I do because, I, like I said, I, I go out every night, but I have to. Like, mm-hmm. And, and you know, we, we may get a thing together. So, like, tomorrow night she's coming out to my shows. Like, that's once great. a week she's like, get yeah. a babysitter or my mom takes over and they come out. Or my mom came out last Wednesday with me. Mm-hmm. So, that way, like – you know we're it's like you're we're making it, it all together. work together and you know. at, at your point like i think that you said earlier that it, you're you're taking that you've, you've you've got the self-awareness to recognize like hey look i i know what it's like to not be engaged to be present with my family and i'm not gonna let that happen again yeah. so whatever i'm gonna have to do Whatever happens, right? I'm gonna make sure that I'm including yeah. them in the in the journey. It's gonna be with intentional. Me. I'm more intentional with my time. Like, yeah, you know, it's funny. Like, I even think about how the day went today. It's like, okay, you know, my my wife's back to work. My mom's a cafeteria worker, so mm-hmm. she was kind of back to work for a little bit. Mm-hmm. So, like, by eight o'clock, we're up, and like the girls, I'm making sure they have breakfast and doing the dad stuff. But then I'm on. Then once they're all settled, I'm on the computer doing the stuff for the ACI, the comedy school. And then my daughter, uh, her training wheels broke on her bike and I am so not handy. Me neither. Me neither. So then I'm like, she's like, and so I was sitting there on the computer and you can get like lost in it. Obviously we don't do a YouTube hole on how to fix a tricycle. Yeah. Or I could even just get lost (laughs) in work for the school. Like I could be doing graphic design stuff and get lost in posters for them. Mm -hmm. Um, but she's like, well, daddy, I thought I could do my training wheels. And I'm like, oh, so I'm like, I popped right up. I'm like, oh yeah. I am not handy. And so like this frozen bike that I got her like two uh-huh. years ago, she finally wants to ride it. Uh-huh. So I'm like, well, whenever she wants to do something, I'm never going to say no. Right. So I'm out there. I had two sets of training wheels because I ordered a pair, but I couldn't find them. Now and then my mom went out and bought them. Was this post broken? Like, so it was. So the, it, her wheels broke. So then I was like, oh, can I just. I replacement. Can kind. I just replace the wheels or right. do I have to replace the whole bracket? Right. And I'm like getting into it and then the things didn't work. And I'm oh. like, I, I recorded my, I ended up getting 12. 12 minutes of me like <laughs> record so i'm gonna eventually oh, cut it down to something eventually uh, and it worked i finally got it but i had to take pieces from both sets to macgyver uh, it together yeah to make it work because i couldn't take off the brackets because it was these special brackets they made for that bike and, and you're just like oh, and i'm like i have to do this for her i can't I'm not be out for as long i will as feel takes, like I'm such a to... failure if i don't yeah get this done i was like you've accomplished so much that you shouldn't be able to accomplish you can do these training wheels. Yes, and you did it. And I did it. You did it. I it did took it. a bit, but you figured it out. And then her and my other daughter, we went around the neighborhood so she could practice using them. She and cruising I, around the bike? Waiting for them to break. I'm oh, just you're waiting just, for oh, the wheels to fall you're like, off. You're just like, so did the pride of... I did it. Then the the Will terror, the actually terror. Were, yes. Have I put my daughter in harm? How's the bike on fire? I don't, I don't even understand yeah, how this could be happening. That's right. right that's right. And so like I got that together. We went for a little walk, which was great. Awesome. Uh, and then I'm like, okay. Next thing you know, I'm like, I had a, a meeting, and then I'm taking my daughter for blood work, and then we're doing an open house. And then next thing right. you know, I'm tutoring for an hour, and then like, oh, it's time to go to Joel's, and it's like, it's just the days just uh, the days just happen. Yep. But everything flows and i used to when i was doing all the other stuff yep i would get double booked i would be racing i'd be so tired and i'd be like so sick of running one from the other right whereas since i stopped doing all of that 
noise that stuff right that i thought i wanted to do but it really was unrequited love it felt like yeah and now this stuff just flows like everything just it's funny how works. like it all fits into, into place it just it's so many moving pieces and that's just I, i'm a firm believer you're supposed to follow like there's a tuning fork yeah and for I'm sure just following the tuning fork yep and uh all systems are a go right now for that's, this that's and so awesome it's like good for you man you know so i'm gonna ride this Train yeah, till the train the wheels fall off. Or the tuning fork until it stops reverberating. I did. So this is a non sequitur, complete non sequitur. But I did uh, hear about a sublingual drop that you can take that will help you regain hearing. And um, I'm not doing it though until my kids leave for college. So <laughs> <laughs> is that like a tincture? <laughs> yeah, it's like this, and, and then apparently, it, like if I have tinnitus because I was in, a, I've been a musician my entire life, so yeah. I've been sitting next to speakers. And okay, playing yeah. drums and shit like that. So my my ears are completely messed up. Like they're they're, they're fucked. They're yeah. Good, yeah. <laughs> so, but the benefit is I've got uh, a 16 year old, a 12 year old, and you know a wife. So it's good to be able to to like have the natural muffle mm, that occurs. Yes. Oh, you know? well, that's why I like I can like tune stuff out from being a teacher because you don't want to hear the stuff they talk about in between classes. Oh, you know what I mean? no, like, no, no, no. So no. I, and since and I'm really good at tuning stuff out. And so that my wife hates that because sometimes I I tune things out too hard at home. Oh yeah, that seems yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah Were you listening like, to me in your life? What? <laughs> yeah. Not. I used to just get in the habit of saying what, and like even though I heard her, I would say what. Oh, <laughs> just to poke the that. bear. Oh man. Well, no, I would just. It was like a oh, uh, reflex. Just a reflex. Oh, it was did, like more like a kick, like, like what? Yeah, like, but I had heard her, but I was like sort of half listening. And then you have to like go back and be like, no, no, no I did, and this is what you were saying to me. Yeah. So like you have to like. And she's validate. like, don't say what. Yeah. And yeah, you're like, I'm sorry. So it's like, yeah. So it's not my fault. But yeah, no, so it's all flowing together. You know, I, I want the dream is that my wife and I, when we can retire from teaching, mm-hmm. that we're just traveling and I'm going to tell jokes at night. We get to see the country, the world. And so there, there's that's a, it. A, a open mic comedian, uh, nice guy, Joe Bell. You know, Joe? Older dude. And uh, he actually, he was on the same show as I was at uh, the Comedy Cabaret in Doylestown. Oh, cool. So uh, we were talking. Is that angry, Joe? I don't know. No, no, no. You See, mean old, old Joe? Joe? Old no, Joe. no. Old, I, old Joe, I'm actually terrified because I haven't seen this dude in like three months. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, I'm, I'm, I don't know where he different is, guy. but I hope he's all right. All right. Um, but so. no, no. Um, this is Joe Bell, different Joe. Um, and he he said, I was like, well, like, you know, he's like, he's like, I'm retiring. He's like, you know, I like, he said similar things to you, but except he said, he said, I all I want to do, my whole goal in this is to become a cruise comic. Uh, he just wants to do cruise comedy. That's hard now because yeah. like the crew, I, I talked to a lot of comics. I've worked with a lot of comics that are cruise ship comics mm-hmm. and it's not like back in the day. Now it's like, well, it depends on the cruise ship, but they're pretty popular now, but you have to have like three to five 30 minute, different 30 minute sets. Right. Because you have the same people that you're like. Yeah. So yeah, and you have to have like family friendly, clean ones, but you also have to have a late night. Yep. And so the comics who have most successful are the ones who have like, yeah, two and a half hours of material. Wow. And it's like, I'm building up to an hour now and it's, you know, I'm like almost two and a half years in now like that. Mm -hmm. Even that is uh, miraculous to get that kind of, but I mean, people write like once you get into a rhythm, it's, you know, you can write, and right and right. And so that's what mm-hmm. my hope is like over the next five years. Yeah. I mean, I'll be teaching, I'll be teaching for another, at least another 10 to 15 years. So yeah. in that range, 
the goal would be to have enough so that we could do stuff like that. Or I could just yeah. be playing clubs around the country and, yeah, you know, just see the world. Like you said, yeah. if you're a big fan of road tripping, like that's, that's, that's cool. the goal. So it's it, just like, I don't need know. to be a household name. Um, as long as we but, don't get like uh, the, I don't know, the Tyrana Omega COVID variant, whatever yeah, is next. Right. But, you know, I would love to do that. I'd love to do some acting. That would be my next thing. I'd oh, like yeah, to do why some not? acting. Well, I see it's a natural like thing. You see like a lot of comedians do like do like kind of move into mm-hmm. that. Um, one of the guests on the show previously, uh, really by accident, but but still a guest. Nonetheless, we still count him. Bobby Kelly. You know, Bobby oh, Kelly. Yeah, yeah. He was on our show. Greg Stone was on. Do you know who Greg Stone is? I know Greg, Greg Stone. Yeah, yeah. Of course you do. Greg, um, he was a guest. Actually, it was Greg and Anthony DeVito and um, – oh, my God. I can't believe I'm forgetting this last dude's name. Shit. Um, I'll put it in post. Um, but uh, they were on and he just sent – Greg just sent my Zoom link to Bobby Kelly. And fucking oh, on cool. pops Bobby. And then he hung up on us like 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 three minutes in. But it was great. He was on the, he was on the show. But uh, cool. he did that. Like so he was in – I mean, he was a been a Boston com- comedian, like New York comic, uh, really, really talented, very, very funny. And then he got into acting, and he ended up doing that show with Dennis Leary, Sex, Drugs, and Rock and Roll on uh, yeah. on FX. Oh, uh-huh, that's right. That's and crazy. he was in a couple of movies and stuff like that. So it's just it's like it seems like it's that natural looking at Dane Cook. Like he actually did serious acting too. Yeah, that movie Mr. Brooks with uh, Kevin Costner. I think that's it was. right. Remember that's that? Funny. He was the serial I killer. I thought about that. Yeah, and waiting. You remember that movie? Was waiting. waiting. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, dude. Like, the, like people again. First, it's it's the comedian. The comedians are, I think, yeah, naturally kind of good actors. Yeah, you have to be. Yeah, and I, like I, I saw so that fascinating. I saw like all that whole world. That's that's sort of my next goal, my year or two goal after the open mics was social mm-hmm. media, right? And that's Start to like and build, build that up, up and make sure I had them on all the platforms and yep. had ones for comedy mm-hmm. and then start curating that. And now that now I'm just at a level now where I'm starting to take off with that. So I'm hopeful when the podcast or my teachers off duty podcast drops that even if I can pull some of those, I'm gonna. I'm about to hit 15,000 probably by tomorrow, hopefully. So that's great. That's great. I started with uh, none right. <laughs> like a year and a half ago. Well, so. it is, it is when you start like, and we obviously, I started doing the podcast well before I started doing comedy, like stand up comedy, but it is like, I've got five, you know, and you're like, it's so difficult. Uh, it's like, God, how, it, like building that up was yeah. like, such a long system, but I started making these memes with the teacher context. Oh, right. You, them. Saw, saw, showed some they're like, very funny. they're like crushing. So it's like, yeah, you find the thing, you said you the, find niche, the thing and, and then you just start you just, riding it. You ride it and you know, you mix in other things and different styles and mm-hmm. um, yeah. So, you know, that's, I, I've had a lot of fun uh, playing with that, learning it. Yeah. It's just, it's, it's cool. A, it's a grind and it's, you have to it be consistent with it. All right. So, one last question, and then I'm going to let you get back to your family, which I'm sure you'd yeah. like to do. All right. So uh, you went to Bucky's. I clearly. did. I got my so, shirt on. So, so first of all, in Crossville, Tennessee, what did you like about Bucky's? Because I've been to some Bucky's, and I'm curious about your. I was just because of the name and seeing the shirt. I just wanted to great. see it. And uh, and so and you're like seeing oh like a hundred gas pumps. It's just. Ma- it's massive and then you get in it's there a huge and there's store like a too wall of beef jerky there's a whole apparel and like home items and then there's a whole food section the it's bathroom. the strangest department store you've ever yeah, like seen the, in the, yeah like the bathrooms are immaculate i know incredible um the barbecue but people have to say things which 
Wait. you can tell they're some of them are regretful that they have to say. Like <laughs> I forget some some in the middle were chanting something. Oh no! When you come in, they have to uh. say certain things. Well, I do that with the the, the, the uh, burrito place. Welcome to Moe's. Yeah, like, they have to, but, they, but they have to do that like in, in different. Yeah, there's different things, and and so there were like little jingles. So, uh, but we were just stopping to to see it. We got shirts, obviously, mm-hmm. and then I got uh something called a uh, I don't know if it was a kolish or kalash or whatever it was called, but it was basically a bun. A warm bun that inside of it had a sausage and cheese. Oh, that sounds delicious. something that originated in Texas, which is where I think the original Bucky's. Yeah, it was like K-O-L-A-S-C-H maybe, E at the end. And it was like this. um, Oh, wait. See, it's K-O-L-A-C-H-E. Yeah. Oh, that looks really good. It's got like a swirl, that, that thing. Yeah, like so I, so like some of them were it was more yeah so it was it was good so I was just trying because I like that kind of savory oh uh, like, yeah oh yeah dude doughy stuff Texas sausage I don't it says Klobonsk. Well, maybe that's what I it was, it was something it. Yeah, it was some weird name but that was great the, sweet you know, running around cheese beef, tons of different sausage. beef jerky um, oh yeah barbecue so, barbecue so I, yeah. I wish we were there it was early in the morning yeah so like I wish I wish we were there for like lunch or something like that, but we were yeah. just, it was, it was four miles from our hotel as we were leaving Tennessee. So you're like, all and right. So we're like, Oh, we got to stop there. Got to go. So yeah. People were uh, telling puggies to me before. Cause I'm like, I, you know, from the Philly area. So naturally I'm a Wawa guy, Yeah, you know, now you were in Scranton. So were you a sheets guy or. So sheets didn't come around till I was maybe in high school. Okay. So really had Turkey Hill. But they didn't, yeah, yeah. But they didn't have like they had the pre-made hoagies. They didn't have like food really right. like that. It was, it was like the like 7-Eleven style. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like there wasn't anything. We eventually got a sheets. Um, but yeah, we didn't have anything like that. Um growing up for the most part. It was just, yeah, Turkey Hill and then Sheets. And then I went to college down this area. So then Wawa became Yeah, that's the that place. was back when you had to tell them what your order and they fill out the exactly slip. the little piece of paper, right? Yeah, because I, I went to uh or sinus in Collegeville and so mm-hmm. we had the one at the bottom of the hill. Yes. And they would fill out the slips and yeah, all oh, of that. RIP that Wawa, it's not there anymore. Yeah, I know. It's pantry one or something now Is or it? Yeah. yeah one of those um those stones. So anyway I've taken up enough of your your, your value. No, time. So, so, thank you for joining Digging the Dome. Uh, we would say that uh, Jay will be headlining the Sherman Theater on September ninth. Right. Um, he's been he's going to headline the animated comedy show in Parksburg. What the hell is that on the twenty first of so September? It's an animating Brewing Company. Uh, okay, really it, cool. Uh, all right. Yeah, so it's a really cool brewery. They had moved, uh, but yeah, they're in Parksburg. Mm-hmm. Really cool venue. They got a cool food, Mexican food truck uh, that also works in conjunction with them there. Mm-hmm. It's just a fun little venue. Uh, Dan Dupri- Dan Dupriel's, uh room. He runs that oh, room. Awesome. And then um, for the because we have a lot of fans in New York too, Gotham's uh, Calendar Club in New York. Ooh, the 22nd. On the 22nd uh, at 7 p.m. So go check Jay out there. Jay. Thank you for coming on Digging the Dome. We would love to have you back on again sometime soon. This will be great. Yeah, it'd be nice to meet your co-hosts and play the games and do the deal. Yeah, it's yes. The next time you'll be less uh, interviewee and more uh, gamey. But, yeah, no, I have an only child. I love talking about myself, so this is cool. No, awesome. Thanks, man. Thank you.